Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Mimran. Yeah, you lucky listeners are getting a double dose of us this week, uh, recording literally minutes after full-time off the Atletico Madrid game. Uh, Where did you watch this game, Mimran? At my brother's house. Uh, He has BT Sport Actual. Uh, so I can watch it live. If I watch it at my own house, I have to watch it on my laptop, so it's like a minute behind. So often oh, yeah. things get spoiled. Yeah, well, that's by... it. Yeah, you can't join in the match day Discord then, can you? Because no. yeah, whoever's at in the wrong time. <laughs> but there always seems to be somebody who's about three minutes behind nowadays. Um, uh... But I, I, at one point, I forgot that I was watching it live. And um, Jamie put on the chat, he put Teles with like an exclamation mark and a like heart, hearts and eyes emoji. And I was like, oh shit, it's Tele scored. And I realized, no, he's just done a bit of skill that I already just watched. Uh, <laughs> I was very confused for a minute. Yeah, I'm actually away with work at the moment. So I actually. Shock horror. This... Shock horror. Well, I've not been away for a while, but I'm actually watching this game in Casablanca uh, where I arrived last night. And I tried to scope out a really good football cafe. So yesterday I thought I'd found the perfect place. Went in today and said, yeah, we'll be showing football later. I checked all the fixtures because the problem is you have to see if Manchester United are the best show on tonight. And uh, if Real Madrid or Barcelona or Paris Saint-Germain are playing, they're like bigger draws out here. But I checked it, it was Ajax. I said, oh yeah, we're going to be on. But I hadn't counted for the fact that there was a big local cup game on. And in fact, when I went in the cafe, they were showing Widad Casablanca versus Agadir in the Moroccan Cup. So. I mean, that's the game you want to watch. What was, <laughs> what was the score in that one? Uh, it was half time, and I think it was 1 1 or something. Oh, there you just, go, you see. Goal And I was like, oh no, I'm going to, I'd have to miss the first half. So yeah, I went back to the hotel and watched it in my room. But. I mean, I know after about, what, 15 minutes in the kind of group chat, you said, oh, I would take 1-0 here. Because I mean, we obviously started badly. So in the end, you must be absolutely ecstatic. I, that's, a, that's a cracking result, really, for how we played in the first half um, away at Atletico Madrid. And yes, they're not great this season, Atletico. Not maybe the Atletico of old a few, few years ago. But with how we were 
in particular in the first half, and just how we are this season. Our Jekyll and Hyde nature often. Which was the which one's the bad one? Of Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll. 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 Our Jekyll nature. Um, yeah, I, would, I mean, one all. If you'd offered me one all at 15 minutes, I'd have said, that is a very generous offer you're giving me, and I'd run away with it. So, very happy with the result. Yeah, I mean, we started this game awfully. Uh, we just couldn't even manage to... Well, I was going to say we couldn't string two passes together, but we actually had a load of possession, but in absolutely just worthless possession in our half. And as soon as we tried to progress anything and go into their half, we just gave it away immediately. You know, they were like out-battling us for every 50-50. And, uh, you know, they had the minority possession, which is strange when you're going away in Europe, but they've managed to get a goal from it. And uh, well, at half time, we were obviously very happy to be still in the game, really, because they, you know, they had a couple of other chances as well. They were, they were just. I mean, it was just a bit frantic, wasn't it? And we never do well with frantic, I guess. Um, Pogba likes his calmness on the ball. He likes touches. He wasn't getting that. Fred, when Fred gets a bit frantic, then Fred, it can, it can all go to pot. Bruno was having one of his worst games for quite a while. Uh, so just we were just losing the ball all the time in midfield. Um, passes out of the back weren't great. Um, and Atletico were just harrying us and doing their usual athletic thing, being rough, being aggressive and putting it up us and we didn't really like it and they were winning the ball back in decent positions, putting in some really good crosses actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, they had that chance just before the goal with, um, I think the ball, the ball fell to someone in the box and Lindelof put in a great slide tackle mm. and that kind of set their tone for their first half and then, yeah, the goal came and it was deserved and we just we just, we just weren't in it really. We just weren't offering anything at all. It was a very good goal. I mean, it was, a, uh, it was an excellent goal. That I thought it was an absolutely beautiful goal. Um, I saw some people say, "Oh, De Gea kicked the ball out for a throw in." Why before? And it's like that's like a minute and a half, two minutes before the actual goal itself. I think sometimes you do have to hold your hand up and say that is an excellent goal. Yes, Maguire probably can do a bit more to put him off. He's got a bit of space, but I mean, it's just a fantastic diving header from a great cross. And hold your hands up. That is a, a great goal. Yeah, and Jao Felix is one of the most expensive players of all time, one of the few hundred million plus players. But yeah, he does look a talent. And yeah, definitely the better of the two number sevens on show today with Ronaldo trying to get a good record back in Madrid, but not offering that much today, unfortunately. Uh, one of the surprises in the lineup was Lindelof in at kind of right back. I think we've maybe only seen on one occasion before, but I thought he had actually a pretty good game before yeah, he, did. he had to get subbed because he was he was on a yellow and getting kind of harassed a fair bit. So I thought it was a fair enough sub, but I thought he actually had a pretty good game over there. Yeah, I think he was better than Varane and Maguire, who neither of which had particularly good games. Uh, I thought he did well. It is telling, I guess, that um, Ragnik would rather put Lindelof at right back than an actual right back in Wambisaka at right back. Um, I mean, Dallo was there as well. He was on the bench. I expected I mean, him I to play maybe today. Maybe Dallo was a, maybe not fully fit. Maybe is the only sure. thing I could he... think of. Because he didn't. He didn't even come on, did he? Put Wan Bissaka on instead of Dallo. Yeah, uh, I mean, Wan Bissaka is you know the more solid defender. And at that, but point, he brought him on at one nil, which would make me think that maybe Dallo wasn't totally fully fit. But then, what's he doing on the bench? I guess. Um, but yeah, just interesting that he would rather put Lind. But to be fair. Lindelof was one of our best players against Leeds and it would have been very harsh to take him out of the team, but I, that's probably not how, in which case he should be playing at centre-back, not Varane or Maguire. Um, so yeah, I thought he did, had a very good game, but fair, fair enough sub. Probably, probably our best, I thought he was our best player in the first half, but I mean, that's not a, exactly a 
hotly contested award. We were no, all there was pretty dreadful. Absolutely awful performances. Uh, Bruno and Pogba in particular. Rashford also had a bit of a mare. Just yeah, constantly giving it away. Uh, you know, whenever we were trying to get something going. <clears throat> I mean, McTominay's ill, uh, so missing. We end up with the Frogba midfield, and I don't know. Any time we've played this combination, I think it's very rarely that it's looked good for us. They don't seem a winning combo for us at all. I mean, how, how, it's not. It's one of our less see, lesser seen midfields, I guess. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. Can you, off the top of your head, remember a time? Last time that we saw them together, I think is McTominay plays all the time. That's the thing. I think Rangnick. This is the first time. Well, again, it was forced today, though, wasn't it? Because he's injured. Yeah. Rangnick hasn't not started McTominay unless it's been forced, or I think he didn't in the cup as well um, when he rotated. But Mag- uh, Rangnick always starts McTominay, uh, and so did Ollie to an extent. So yeah, it's just I, I can't really recall a Pogba friendly field, but. Like I said, no, they, have, ju- they have a feature together probably like I'd say four or five times. Right. Uh, I think we lost a couple of them. There was maybe one. I think maybe we played, we played Wolves and I think we beat them with that midfield and that was one of the few times it actually worked all right. I mean, the thing is like Fred's been kind of moved up into a slightly more advanced role a lot of the time, whereas now he's moved back into the number six defensive position. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we, I think we're seeing the best of Fred when he's being an eight and can, definitely he's not having to be so disciplined and positionally having to sit back when he can go marauding and getting the ball and winning the ball and just being crazy Fred, then it's better Fred. Um, I think discipline sitting Fred, uh, especially in a front, especially when like he's harried on the ball and he's got to get rid of it quickly and pass it accurately, then that's, it's not his really his game. Um, and similarly with Pogba off to fit, like sometimes Pogba in a frantic game, you'll see him, he'll get the ball, and he'll hold off three men and he'll turn and you'll be on your way and you think that's that's brilliant, Pope. But then other times, like today, he'll get the ball, there'll be three men on it and they'll take the ball off him because there's yeah, three look, of them. That's what we him. needed today, exactly. You know, he was the one who should be the one who can keep hold of it, try and keep some possession. Really, like you say, because you know it's not going to be Fred. And that area, it's got to be Pogba and Bruno doing the kind of work in the middle. But that's where we were losing it again and again and again. And, you know, everybody was calling for kind of changes at half time. But yeah, didn't come any. Ralph sent them out again. And I think it was an improved kind of performance second half. Only but then because... I think Atletico kind of sat off a bit as well. Well, they sat off the whole match. Well, no, not in the first. In the first 20 minutes, they came out of the blocks a bit. Yeah, yeah. As soon as they got their goal. Yeah, uh, but then, and then even and they kept on harrying us for most of the first half. I think second half, they, they either the tempo died or they were just content a bit um, to try catch us, but catch on the break. Um, but we did, we did do, we did improve slightly in the second half. Then I thought we improved much more when the substitutions came on. Yeah, we improved a lot in battling better. There was still a yeah. lack of quality on the ball, lack of no real like great moves. We just basically made it a bit more of a battle. Like I said, first half they were winning every fifty-fifty, every kind of header was going mm. their way. Uh, whereas in the second half, and you know they were fouling us a lot, and we weren't really getting stuck in it. On the second half, to be fair, we, if we weren't going to win the ball cleanly, then the players were at least making sure they weren't yeah, getting past we... us. And that's the kind of battle you need to get into when you're playing a Simone Atletico Madrid. Uh, you know the way they're going to be. We actually got a bit more time on the ball as well. There were times when then Bruno actually had a bit of time on the ball, Rashford had time on the ball, but then they were just not doing anything good with it, and that was the problem. Then it was like finally we're actually we're not getting harried. We have that time on the ball, but we're not producing quality. Um, and yeah, both of them two really 
had stinkers. But then Bruno, as he does often, came up with a goods with an assist. Not the most outrageous assist, but it was a good pass, and that's what Bruno can do. Like he can be terrible the entire game, but still come up with that key pass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, some people were pretty shocked when I posted it in our in the Discord chat that we'd had like sixty-seven percent possession by like kind of you know around like the half time and even going towards the hour mark, but we'd done so little for it. But I think there was only one shot on target. Uh, by coming around the hour mark from Atletico Madrid, and they've scored from it. We had none. And um, it wasn't really till, you know, the substitutions come that the game changes a bit. I mean, there was quite a bit of chat on the last pod between Colm and Jamie about Ralph's in-games management. I mean, yeah, we touched on it before as well. Uh, it was a big thing during Ole's time that we said it was a major downfall. I think one thing I like about Ranić is that he doesn't mind taking a bit of a gamble. He'll, he'll take off like a defensive midfielder and throw in an attacker, whereas that's something that Ole would never do. He would often just go like like for like or very late on, like the last 10 minutes, he might throw in an extra attacker. But uh, Ralph's not afraid to do that on occasion. I mean, yeah, he's not actually done it today. No, today, uh, his first three were just three defensive changes, weren't they, today? To kind of put, a, I think he put on Matic. Well, he took off Lindelof because he was on a booking, I think. Same with yeah. Shaw then. And I think he just put on Matic to try to get a bit of a hold in the midfield, which actually worked. Um, I thought Matic should have come on earlier, even at half time. Probably, I was saying, could, yeah, he could have come on a bit earlier, but then you run the risk of Matic not being able to put in more than half an hour. <laughs> I think half an hour is Matic's sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was a good half an hour. But yeah, you know I mean, I, I think... thought it was. I thought it genuinely was a very good performance. Very calm, uh, professional, wise, like wily, and he was a bit of a dick as well, and kind of needed that. Um, I love how he was feigning cramp. After what twenty minutes on the pitch, we're going to be crampier, lads. Going to sit down, um, but he was just just calm, just like he put 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 in that number six role, bit of calm, calm head, put, put being in the right place, putting his foot on the ball, picking out a pass, just doing things that a defensive midfielder should do, and it just reminds you, oh yeah, that's what a pure defensive midfielder does, that sort of thing, and it's a shame that he's just old now and doesn't have the legs and he's a bit slow, but he still has the brains, still has a bit of quality. And he can do that sort of thing on in short bursts, and it, we we did need it, and he he provided it, which was great. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about a battling midfield performance, Condogbia on their side was absolutely outstanding for them. He was everywhere, was Condogbia. Yeah, I mean, we've been linked with him a fair bit in the past, haven't we? I remember there was a game. Oh, it might even be like ten years ago now, or something. I think when he was still in France, I think, and Arsenal played against him, and he was like, he was the up and coming next thing. And everyone wanted a Condogbia. And then I never, I don't know, he kind of plodded around. I think he went to Italy and now he's in Spain. But yeah, cracking performance from him. Yeah, look, maybe we can still have a look at him. You know, his <laughs> constant still talk about him. Yeah, how old is he now? Not sure, actually. But yeah, he has been around a while. But yeah, he's one of those players that kind of we get linked with for about 10 years. And then he actually comes to us when he's way past it. And like, Oh, he's 29 now. He might as well be 50. 29. It's ancient, that. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll see. But yeah, look, as you say, I, I was kind of very underwhelmed when that triple sub came up. I was like, Matic, Wan-Bissaka, Tellez, mm, okay. But yeah, look, there was it was kind of just for fresh legs in certain areas and kind of yeah, made sense. That's the kind that of subs that I like. Like, people often talk about, oh, we don't have the quality on the bench, yada, yada. Sometimes just putting on someone with fresh legs is better than someone who's played for an hour and isn't having a great game, like, say, for Luke Shaw, play for an hour, not having a great game. Put on telly, he's fresh legs. Might, he just, you know, might do better. Like, there's 
often nothing on. We're just putting on fresh legs. And that's what used to really frustrate me with Ole because we get to 80 minutes and everyone's looking knackered and we just won't have any fresh legs on the pitch. And it's like, just just change it up, put some impetus on the pitch. And yeah, it's good to see that we did that today. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, Fergie always used to make subs around the 60 minute mark. Whereas, you know, Ole always left it like 75, 80 minutes far too often. So yeah, Ralph, glad he was kind of ringing the changes earlier. And yeah, it did make a kind of bit of difference. Like I say, our second half was okay. It was just like, you know, neither side, it was just like a battle. Uh, neither side was creating that much. The goalies didn't have that much to do. Uh, but yeah, we were basically way improved from an awful, awful first half. And then, yeah, one chance finally falls to us and Alanga manages to put it away. I know uh, uh, half time, Oshwin was saying, listen, Alanga should come on. We've got nobody who's going in behind. And uh, that's exactly what made the difference in the end. I was slightly worried about Alan coming on at half time. I thought he might get bullied a bit if he came on straight at half time. I think it was better to come in on when, he, when they were a bit tired and he um, could then run behind again, have a bit more fresher legs. I think if he'd come on at half time, it might be a bit too early for him, but I think he got brought on at the right time, even though Rashford was having a stinker. I thought he'd come on at the right time to start stretching him a bit. Uh, he only had to do it once as well. And yeah, I think I... Um, Take all these listeners behind the curtain. Um, on we when we played Leeds, played Leeds on Sunday. We had a bit of a discussion in the in the Discord. Uh, become a Patreon. You can join us on our Discord uh, about Elanga. And I wonderfully said, I'm not sure he's that good. Uh, since then, he scored against Leeds and he scored against Atletico Madrid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna claim claim a hex that I put on Elanga to be uh, to be the reason that he's just come up with two goals. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised that you said you didn't think he was that great because I think it's been a great kind of breakout season for us. You know, we saw a flash of him at the end of last season and he got a goal as well. Uh, I think he was lucky, you know, Ralph really fancied him when he came in. And I think he made a kind of choice between Alanga and Ahmad for which one stuck around and which one went on loan. Alanga gets the nod. Uh, you know, he's only 19. Some people don't know that he's actually a Swedish youth international. Uh, his dad played for Cameroon and he They're was actually born. Him, aren't they? Well, I think he's, yeah, they can, because yeah, like I said, his dad's born, raised Cameroon, but he was playing for, I think, Malmo in Sweden at the time, then settled over there. So that's why Alanga has grown up there. But uh, he's been at Man United Academy since very young as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we can call him an academy product for sure. Um, I did, um, I did, I did I, by not very good, what I meant uh, to clarify, it's not that I thought he was crap or anything. I said he was quite hardworking and exact kind of what we need now, like a good hard worker kind of thing doing the job, uh, doing it like, you know, being a good body. But I thought he kind of maybe lacked that quality um, that you need to play for United. And he still might, to be fair. Um, I mean, but, at 19, that's, you know, yeah, pretty hard uh, to make that it's kind of You're kind of just prophesizing into the future kind of thing. Um, but I'm not, not, not saying that he shouldn't, or he should not be in the team or anything. He definitely has a place in our squad at the moment. should be starting games even because he has that. You know, he it should be, especially, you know, Rashford is way off form and uh, I know you don't like it when Jesse Lingard comes on the field every I mean, time. There's no, there's you no need for it. There's absolutely zero up. need for Jesse Lingard to come on the pitch. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And look, he's part of the squad. He's a decent player. At the moment, we're like, you know, we're Ralph, because he got rid of a few and lowish on numbers. And as soon as you get a couple of injuries, then yeah, you don't have that many options left, really. You don't. But then you look at Lingard on against Leeds, a man who could not be asked. Literally pulled out of 50-50s. And if you're getting a player who's pulling out of 50-50s, playing for you, then that's, there's something wrong there. I just I don't get it. Sorry, this isn't even about Jesse Lingard. Um, but yeah, no, Alanga, very good. Very good goal as well. Although, to be fair, Oblak was terrible in net for them. I don't know what he's doing, is their keeper. It's not even... The, he kind of scuffs the finish a little bit. 
and it didn't even go anywhere near the corner. It's just Oblak is in an absolutely ter- terrible position. He comes out, kind of goes halfway, and he's really far wide of his post, and it's just a terrible position from him. I think he's having a, apparently he's having his like worst ever season. I think he's got the, one of the worst save percentage save percentages in the top five leagues or something like that. Um, and Atletico Madrid themselves, I think they've conceded like thirty-two goals in twenty odd games, and I think last I think it's more than they conceded for the entirety of last season. So. Yeah, which is weird because I thought, oh, I, in summer I said, oh, Black would be a good one to def- replace De Gea, but one's gone one way and the other's going another way, it seems. Yeah, they've had a bit of a weird season, Atletico, because they're obviously they're the champions, some people might forget, but um, they've been struggling this year. But it looked like they were, you know, they knew their league was kind of a write-off and they're just fighting for Champions League places. So they've gone all in on the Champions League. You could see how crazily up for it was. And we've only played them once in our kind of history back in 1991 in the Cup Winners' Cup. And we were actually the defending champions then and they knocked us out. It's been a long, long time since we've had any chance to have like revenge for that. You know, at 1-1 now, we've got to be feeling confident. Uh, we've actually got three games in the mm. league until we play Atletico again. We've got Watford at home, Man City away and Tottenham at home. So he would add a, on paper a relatively kind of easy run, which is finishing now in February with uh, Watford at home. And then we got an absolute crazy run of games, as I say City, yeah. Tottenham, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Leicester. And that's <laughs> going to be a mad kind of march for us. Mm. And we'll basically define our season that March run. But uh, kind of odd in a way as well, because we don't have any midweek games until the next Atletico Madrid game. Unusual for us. So we've yeah, got a bit of a rest of caught... between these games, which is kind of good. But that's right. Yeah, we've caught up now uh, on our games, and you know, other teams are playing catch up. And we're great to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, great to see Tottenham drop points today after beating City. Uh, Arsenal, Wolves tomorrow. Just on so, top. Yeah. Have, have you had Conte today? Oh, the man is. I just saw. I've not actually seen what he said. I just saw a kind of report about it. I need to talk. This is Conte. I need to talk to the club. Tottenham have to make an assessment about the club about and about me. We need to find the best solution. I can't accept to keep losing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, you remember, like, you know, he was obviously so strongly linked with us when Ole was struggling and loads of people were, like, pissed off that we didn't get him. I know Colm, for example, said on here that I think we really missed out there and that Tottenham could well finish above us. I mean, yeah, still far from over. But this is exactly the reason why some people didn't want Conte because he has these kind of Jose-style meltdowns and can end up making the club look pretty stupid. Uh, You know, I'm not saying it would have gone like that for us, but we're seeing exactly the reasons why a lot of United fans did not want Conte at that time so yeah it's been interesting to see where they're going but you know Arsenal are now still looking as like our main rivals for it Uh, but yeah there's a long way to go in that race but let's see what kind of form we can go into in that second game I mean if we go uh, yeah throwing out some of the stats XG for us goes 1.6 to Atletico Madrid and 0.4 for us so showing the way that, you know, we should be pretty happy. But this is exactly the way we'd gone for a few games where we were pulling 1-1 draws out of games where we thought we deserved to win and XG mm. showed it. Uh, you know, that Middlesbrough, Burnley and what was the other one? There was a third game where we ended up 1-1 on somebody else crap who we shouldn't have drawn with. Yeah. Newcastle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the kind of run we've been on. And lot in sooner or later, you hope a little bit of luck goes for you. And it has done today. I mean, yeah, I know you before have said you did not think we were going to get top four. And I think, in fact, out of about, you know, six, seven, eight of us, 
in the kind of podcast chat, there was only me and one other person. Was it was Ed, Ed, maybe, who said that he thought we could yeah. still get top four. Uh, so you, where, where are you on that now? Because a few games up now, we're actually sitting in a decent position with Arsenal probably our main contenders. But yeah, look, there's still lots of football to be played for this year. And I think it's going to go all the way till yeah. the end of the season. St- still not sure, really. I mean, I still would say no, we're just not... Seems so inconsistent. Even today, like that first half performance, it's pretty rough in it. Um, just impossible to say with us. So that's why I'm veering on the side of caution. Um, Arsenal looking okay, Nick. Although one of their games hand is against Spurs, so that might pull one of them away. Um, we have, like you said, a difficult run. Uh, City and Liverpool to come. Uh, although, I mean, Etihad is kind of decent stomping ground for us. Well, um, under Ole it was. Under Ole it was, so maybe Ralph can continue that. And to be fair, Mourinho. Didn't Mourinho beat one there 3-2, didn't he? In, yeah, well, look, we, have had some decent, we have had some decent results there. Um, it's going to be our first go at seeing how Ralph matches up in these really big games against, you know, supposedly the best managers. And there's a lot of talk, of course, about how he's not been in the management game that much recently. He's been more like, you know, in the boardroom and above. So, yeah, let's be very interesting to see how he comes in these tactical battles. I feel like he's definitely growing into it a bit more now. I think he's... He, uh, it's weird to say after, what, like two months or something, but it feels more like he is doing... Especially with like his team selections and his substitutions and stuff, he's feeling more like a manager now than at first. Yeah, and he's found the formation as well that the players are kind of comfortable with. That was the biggest issue in the first kind of period. Yeah, the four, that 4-2-2-2 four, two, two, two thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, it didn't work out. So he's, yeah, reverted to what they're kind of feeling over there. I mean, some people will be surprised to see the stat go out that since Ralph Ranić has taken over, only Man City have won more points in the league than us. I mean, Even, that is... Have we won pretty... more than Wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mm. won the most points in that. Although not everybody has played the same amount of games, to be fair. So we have played like one or two more than a few in that period. So it's a slightly lopsided stat, but still impressive on it. Uh, you know, as I say, some people might be surprised. And we, we haven't lost under him. You know, all right, there was that Middlesbrough, but yeah, it was actually a 1-1 draw and we've gone out on penalties. So yeah, definitely hard to beat there. Let's hope by the time the Champions League comes back around, we can make some kind of progress in the league. I mean, if you had to stick your neck out on these kind of runner matches, which goes... City, Spurs, Liverpool. Watford, hey, Watford first. Well, like, all right, I was kind of, that you is, know, that's actually always the one that like slips us up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You, you bypass it and then that's the game we bloody don't win Old Trafford against Watford who have just get hammered by Palace 4-1. So, but go on, continue your point. Well, go on. These three matches leading up to Atletico Madrid at the moment we're sat in a good position in fourth place. So, yeah, Watford at home, Man City away and Tottenham at home. How many points will you be happy with out of those three? Uh, I would be happy with six points, I would be. I'd be happy with yeah. six points. I feel like if we lose to City, that's that's fine at the end of the day. They are Man City. They're very good. Um, I feel like we should beat Tottenham and we should beat Watford, especially at home. Um, but if we beat City, then I guess we can not beat Spurs. But I've, I would, I would hope we beat Spurs at home, and we should definitely beat Watford at home. Yeah, look, I think even five points uh, can be okay out of that. We just don't really, yeah. But then we'd be, but then we'd be undefeated. So yeah, and I just City at Etihad. I'm not, I'm not going into that expecting anything. I guess. 
you just want to be in the game, you know. Because we said these were the that was these were the games that killed Ole, City, Watford, Liverpool. So yeah. We oh need yeah, to the, make yeah. I guess that. the reverse of that, yeah. But I mean, we're a different side now. Still, we're less crap. Basically, is what is my assessment. We're less crap. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I mean, and as well, just going anywhere in the Champions League from what our kind of form was before, you're going to be pretty happy with. Um, I, how important do you think it is that we are back in the Champions League next season? I see this discussion on kind of Red Cafe. It's been like a popular thing. How important do you think it is for us to get that top four place? Um, out, You know, out of like... All the latest, se- like the previous seasons, I feel like this is the least important, weirdly, because we will be getting a new manager. And I think being in the Champions League will affect our prospects of getting either Pochettino or Ten Hag, which looks like the club's two top choices anyway. I don't think that's an issue for them. And then in terms of signing the best players, well, maybe that's our issue is that we always try to get these, like, we spend. 100 million 70 million on these all these big names maybe we just need some actual decent footballs who fit a system and to get those kind of footballs you maybe don't need champions league footballs because we have to do a bit of scouting like it'll be up to the manager who he wants to fit in his sort of system and yeah i mean maybe we won't need champions league football to attract that obviously harland is the big one this summer but i don't think we've really got a chance of getting him anyway so it's not a big issue um and then players will want to leave maybe but that's fine like if Pogba goes fine if Ronaldo goes fine Cavani's probably off fine I don't think anyone else is banking on Champions League football to stay around so I actually out of all the seasons this is probably the least important I mean yeah I do I kind of know where you're going but I think you know the one thing that Ole did cement for us was being back as a top four Champions League team you know it was the first time since Fergie that we went back-to-back seasons and I think if we get that again, even with all the turmoil, then it'll really feel that, you know, we're not in this constant up and down, complete mm. roller coaster of being in and out of Europe. So I, I think with this squad, we should still be doing it. As I said, I said even before that I thought we could. And it's not, I know what you're saying about we're inconsistent, but it's for me, it's constantly about, I don't think any of our contenders are that great either. Uh, you know, we're seeing Tottenham and whatever. I think West Ham, once they start playing in Europe now again, will start struggling to be going twice a week around. And uh, Arsenal are actually the ones I'm ma- most worried about. So, yeah, hope for some luck in the Wolves. I, I, don't, I, I don't think Arsenal will beat Wolves tomorrow, personally. Well, then, yeah, and if Wolves were to win that, then you start worrying about them getting into the top four battle. But, so, yeah, so there may be like a draw tomorrow. Is the are they still, are they still in Europe, though. Wolves? I feel like they are. Nah, they weren't even in it. They weren't in the shitty conference thing. Don't think so, no. Oh, Tottenham right. were in the conference thing. And they remember they got, they didn't play their last match and were kind of disqualified. And then Leicester dropped into that crazy conference league or whatever. Uh, I think even Brendan Rodgers said he didn't have a clue what the point in that tournament was. <laughs> I think you, you win a place in the Europa League. That's how shit that tournament is. That's your prize for winning the Europa Conference League. And yeah, that is exactly the other thing of why it's important that we get top four because we do not want to end up in like, Dirt tournaments like the Europa Conference. No, I, I think if we don't get fourth, we'll get fifth. I don't. I, I don't see us finishing below fifth. Well, yeah, you know, I guess you're okay. Europa's not 
too bad. We've been in there a few times recently. But yeah, look, I'm still like pretty confident we can get this top four. I say Ralph has got us playing some pretty decent football. I mean, today you can't say it, but yeah, then he still managed to pull a result out even when we're not playing very well, which is encouraging because, uh, you know, generally recently the problem has been the other way where we thought we were playing okay and didn't manage to get mm. that result in the end. Uh, and I think the players have got a little bit of that kind of mental toughness back. You could see that they were struggling a bit mentally recently. You know, there was comments from Maguire, from De Gea, where you could see that, you know, they're like a bit confused themselves at why they're not managing to get results. And I don't know whether it's the sports psychologist side of it or what's kind of making a difference, but they do seem to be coming out of that period a bit. Uh, yeah. It do, I mean, it is weird because every, 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 it's like every week there's some seemingly nonsense story about someone that likes someone else's hair colour or shirt or the car park whatever and then someone has to say oh no i I do like his bag it's nice whatever this is how much attention i pay to these bullshit stories i should say um but it yeah i mean mentally like i mean the win at leeds seemed to be pretty good pretty well celebrated and then tonight again showed some mental toughness stay in the game so it's more that when things are going like properly tits up that you want to see it but i guess that's not really happened for a few weeks it's just been kind of we struggle to score a goal and then the other team score. No, I mean, and you know, the tabloids jump on all this stuff. Uh, headlines that, like you say, 90% of it is absolute nonsense. And, you know, you see these stories about all oh, players have fallen out, dressing room split, like battle between Maguire and Ronaldo. And, you know, I think that these things are part of actually like every dressing room and they're not actually that big a deal. Uh, you know, the only issue is, it's all about where are these stories coming from and where are the leaks coming from. And you know, if you saw like Gary Neville come out recently and start saying, oh, I know who's leaking these stories. Um, I'm not sure if he was actually talking about specific players, but he went on to talk about, you know, that players have PR people who try and put them in a good light and uh, try and, you know, and it's normally players who are not playing. So, yeah, you know, a lot of fingers being pointed at the likes of Lingard. But, yeah, <laughs> I think you'd be quite happy to point him out as one. But, yeah, we don't actually know if it is. But, you know, have you, I, I don't know if you ever listen to like the official podcast where they go and talk to a lot of players and they bring out a lot of the people who've won loads of trophies under Fergie. And they always say that, you know, training at Manchester United was the most difficult you'll ever have. Like players kick lumps out of you in training. They'd be constantly testing you. You'd get hair dries from other players. You know, Fergie didn't even have to do it. And, you know, for me, I think that might actually be something that this team is lacking. Maybe they're all a bit too friendly, all a bit too nice and chummy to each other. And, uh, you know, people moan about Ronaldo coming in and his body language. But um, when he was in the team, you know, I'm sure that he got, uh, like, blasted by Keane or whoever if he was misplacing a pass. So, yeah, that's the way he's kind of been brought up. And that's what he does when he's on the pitch with the rest of the players. So I think a bit too much is made of negative body language and players like falling out with each other. I just, you know, for me, it's normal on a football pitch that you're just shouting and getting everybody else going. It's impossible to know what goes on in training and stuff. But I mean, it's like any workplace, like any workplace, you might have a bit of a, a tiff with anyone. Like I don't imagine all our players, we have what, a squad of 25. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure they're not all best mates. We don't need them all to be best mates. As long as they play well on the pitch, it doesn't really matter. Um, Roy Keane used to say this. I mean, he does say this all the time. I'm sure he had no friends, apparently, apart from Dennis Irwin. But you don't need to be mates. You just need to, you know, go out there and perform. So I don't really care what's going on as long as they're performing. No, that is what ultimately matters. And I think too many people believe too many of these stories that are all out there. 
and it happens every time if we get a couple of good results then the papers kind of quiet down and every time we have a few draws or drop a few points then yeah they pile on and some kind of leak comes out it's just you know it's not coincidental at all they're all and everybody wants to read about manchester united's well yeah it's clicks as well isn't it like put man united in the headline it gets your clicks at the end of the day so why not just run with the story the thing what i don't get is if gary neville knows who the leak is surely the club know and then surely can friggin like stop whoever it is i don't really get it but maybe gary neville's full of shit who knows yeah it is kind of strange ones there and yeah it's it, it, it is a bizarre thing nowadays with all the social media and all you know you didn't have these kind of things like i know ferguson kept a much tighter control on communications from players and stuff like that and i think it's probably the likes of wayne rooney who were the first ones who started using the media when they were putting stories out you know when he had those couple of fallouts over him asking for a transfer and things like that but it's been like kind of big part of the modern game now uh, i thought ralph had dealt with it relatively well when players like lingard or martial had started questioning things he'd said which are not like at all um but one thing i will throw out there though is that what about ralph if he's got this record now most points since he's come in apart from manchester city does he not have a shout for staying on longer in the job i mean but he is staying on longer but he's just going upstairs so i'm i think that's where he needs to go i think that's the plan um i think we need an elite level coach to come in um and there are one there are two available i think poch has said he's leaving psg hasn't he that is a thing that's happened hasn't he Dude, i don't think it's like been officially announced uh, i think it's like being like unofficially made yeah, known yeah but basically you're gonna have ten Hag, you're gonna have poch available in the summer you have to appoint one of them I'm not even Poch's biggest fan, to be honest with you. Um, but, like, that is the level of coach that the club want and they should go get. And do you think there's anyone else on the list? No. I mean, Enrique, maybe. Um, I would like to think maybe Potter's on the list as well. But I'm not sure he would he's be. He's a favourite of yours, but I don't think he will be on the list. I don't think, think he will Enrique be on the list. as well, like, I can't see him leaving the Spain job before the World no, Cup. No, not before obviously. the World Cup, but maybe yeah. there could be some sort of job share nonsense going on. Back in, didn't, I swear back in the old days, you used to have international managers who managed clubs as well. That was a thing, wasn't it? There was a thing, but I don't think there was ever that many who did no. like a top big club. Um... No, but I, 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 I do think it'll be Poch or Ten Hag. Um, and I think one of... Uh, plus, there are, I think the only other big club job that's going to come available is the Madrid job, I think. I believe. And the PSG top, technically, if Poch goes. But I mean, if you're gonna, uh, I think PSG could. I, I honestly think they could end up getting Ancelotti if Madrid let him go. So yeah, Zidane is obviously available, and there's Zidane around as well. I think yeah, Zidane probably to PSG is probably a thing as well, isn't it? So I, I can't see why the club wouldn't go for that. And yes, Ralph has done a d- decent job of citizenship, but ultimately, like the football's still not been great. Let's let's not like we the results have been. Okay, even then, the results haven't been great. We still we did lose I don't know, a I game under we lost to Wolves under Ralph. Uh, yeah, we lost. Yeah, one. Yeah, let's let when when Nick earlier said we haven't lost a game under Ralph. What he meant was <laughs> we've lost wanna, one. <laughs> we've lost one game under Ralph. That's what he meant. I was, I, I've been since you said that I've been racking my brain thinking I swear we lost a game and yeah we lost to Wolves under Ralph. So the results haven't been great as well. There was also a draw the draw against Newcastle. Um, no, yeah, there was draws against Villa. There was like three or even four times we gave away leading positions. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it not been game. exactly like I'm, I'm obviously out of the cup. So while it's been better, still not amazing. 
So far from amazing, but I actually think that we've played pretty well for the this month, which was like a pretty vital month for us. That you know we had a lot of games. I think it's something like what eight games. Feb. But I mean, we did draw against Southampton and Burnley this month. But yeah, we didn't play badly though. Both times we made chances. We should have finished more. So I thought we we deserved like at least a draw, if not more. Thought we should have really won those games. I, I thought Southampton we, were we weren't great. I would say Southampton. We had a big. We had a bit of. I remember the the XG was quite high, but I remember I disagreed with the XG in that one. Um, it gave um, it gave some daft scores, some daft chances. Um, I thought, but yeah, um, I thought we were poor in that game, especially at home as well. Like that's the kind of game you want to be winning at home. And yeah, Southampton were on a decent run at that point, but even still, it's it basically he's doing a fine job from where we were under Ole, but I think we obviously there is a much bigger space to improve. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, before we wrap up today, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Use code UNITEDHOUR20 to get 20% off at manscaped.com and yeah while we're talking about some spring cleaning uh, people hadn't noticed we if you were listening to us before we used to be hosted on Spreaker we're no longer we're now hosted on Megaphone uh, but it's probably best if you try and follow us on through Apple Spotify or one of the kind of Google podcast apps and yeah make sure you subscribe and get the notifications whenever our new shows come out uh imran's actually been doing a very good job recently on some editing as well so yeah you can give him some but i I know imran i'm going to push you on it on the show here we've had a couple or three or four like requests saying whatever happened to the trivia and i said look that was all imran's stupid game so yeah we're waiting for another round of that there are some waiting in the wings uh when i get another when we get a a three-man pod uh then one will be unleashed but uh yes and i'll keep you waiting until then uh it's not a quiz without three people um, yeah, that's true. Actually, we've done a lot of duos recently, and one so, and yeah. one man pods, Nick. I know, I know. Yeah, that was <laughs> Nick. Never, Nick, Nick, Nick afterwards said he never wants to do one of them again. <laughs> I'd had a few drinks that day, and I said, "Yeah, look, why not? Let's throw it out there. What's the worst thing that can happen?" Um, but yeah, look, rounding up here. As I say, we've not played well today, but we've. Oh, come there, out with there was a one more draw. one comment. Sorry, uh, it's funny how we had this whole conversation about getting into Champions League top four. On a night where we played in the Champions League, neither of us entertained the idea that we could actually win this competition. I, I look I, at the moment. I'll be happy just to get through this tie. Like you know, when we had this draw, uh, I thought, oh my god, it was like one of those most difficult draws we could have had, and we weren't in good form at the time either. So yeah, at the moment we're just happy to get through it, and yeah, you see what it throws up there. Yeah, but it's just, it just, it just never, it didn't even occur to either of us. It's look, you know, I'm one who's always very, very optimistic and ready to throw a bit of money on some outside bets, but I won't be putting any money on us winning the Champions League. But at the same time, yeah, look, stranger things have happened. At this point last season, I'm not sure many people would have given Chelsea any point of winning the Champions League. And, you know, they managed to pull it off from there. Uh, yeah, if 
we can get a bit of form going, then yeah, it's definitely not impossible. But we'll, we'll see where we're at. I, I, like I said, at this point, I'm still just going to be happy to get through this tie because even though you feel pretty happy coming back with a draw, this tie, tie is far, far from mm. over. Um, you know, I actually can remember going out to the Bernabeu at Madrid and being that static that we were nil-nil there. I think it was 2000. I mean, it was actually the year after we'd won the Champions League. We went out to Madrid, got a nil-nil, and then got turned over at home, basically. Was it a 3-2 game? Uh, was the one where, like, Redondo did, like, a ridiculous skill on Yeah, that was, and then uh, Raul. Yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. that was 3-2. Yeah, that was, I remember that game. So, yeah, look, like I say, nothing to be, no chickens being counted just yet. There's still another 90 minutes of to football. Be, to, to be fair, what I would say is, if you basically avoid City and Bayern, is there anyone else really you should be afraid of in this Champions League? Probably not even PSG, really. Um, yeah, not really, but at the same time, you know, we you wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, you won't, you won't be happy if you drew them. But I mean, what I'm saying is, like, City, Liverpool, Bayern, I think we're, like, heavy underdogs. But anyone else you could see as kind of squirming our way through, even against one of them. We could eat City, we could, well, maybe not City, but. I know I never feel confident being City and all Liverpool, I guess. But yeah, like yeah, we could squirm our way through, maybe. Yeah, no, and I'd be ecstatic even just to get to like the semi-finals or something like that. Uh, you know, it's a long time since we had a decent run yeah. in this competition. Do you, th- do you think we'll make it through in the second round? I think that's uh, not the second in the second tie, second leg. Oh yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. Uh, this point, uh, one thing to point out though, and some people might have missed, is that there's no away goals this season. So the 1-1 one, one you normally would have been extra happy with is much better the result than a nil-nil. But it's actually going to make no difference. I think you, you know, would end up going to like extra time and penalties if it's uh, mm. equal on that. So, yeah, we see from there what happens. So, yeah, that we don't get advantage from that away goal, unfortunately. Uh, and I am kind of happy with that. I, I always thought going out on away goals was one of the worst things, worse than a penalty shootout. Yeah, mm. it will make for more interesting ties overall. It is a bit annoying this particular one because it would work in our advantage but of overall i think it's it is a better thing for the competition so yeah i think that's probably about it as i said we're giving you a bonus pod over here after only doing one a few days ago i'm not sure if we'll do one from the weekend we may well do but yeah we will be back in the next week until then yeah hit us up on twitter is the main place to get us but yeah you can see us on facebook instagram and patreon as well yep cheers guys good night Sports Social Podcast Network.